0: Welcome to Dungeons and Drama Nerds, a podcast exploring the intersection between theater and tabletop role-playing games. This is our intro episode where we'll be kind of talking about what the hell we're doing.
1: Hi, uh, I'm Percy. My pronouns are he, him, his. I am a literary manager and dramaturg based in Washington, D.C. And that's that's me. (laughs)
2: Hi, I'm Nick Orvis. My pronouns are he, him, his. I am a dramaturg and former literary manager currently based in New Haven, Connecticut.
0: Hello, I'm Todd Brian Backus. My pronouns are he, him, his. And I'm a dramaturg and New Works director and the literary manager at Portland Stage in Maine.
2: So we thought we'd take this episode to talk a little bit about what we're doing here. As you've probably heard, all three of us are dramaturgs. For those of you who don't know what a dramaturg is, uh, some of us like to say that we're the people who sit in the back of the theater going, but why all the time? Uh, But more seriously, dramaturgs are people who think about theater and stories and the structure of stories and why and how we tell them.
1: I would like to point out that the people, three of us, three dramaturgs, who historically are the people in rehearsal who don't want to really talk or act or be paid attention to have, have opted to start a podcast Uh, that is nothing but talking. Um, It's,
2: it's extremely brave of us. If I I say so
1: myself, (laughs) here we are, we're doing it.
0: And I would also say to add on to your definition a bit, Nick, um, I also think it's important to talk about like how stories work Um, not only just like how and why we tell them, but like the way in which they work on us um, and the ways to make stories the most effective uh, is kind of how I see doing new works development myself.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of expanding it to like a to like a macro level. Right. Theater is is an exercise in collaborative storytelling. It is a group of people, the playwright, the director, the actors, uh, everyone else. All with one goal, which is to work together to tell a story. And that is also exactly what tabletop role playing games are. And I think dramaturgy is instrumental in theater in facilitating all of those different people working together to do this one thing. Right. I sort of view dramaturgy as like the person who is helping everybody do what they need to do to achieve this one unified thing.
2: Mm hmm. So we also connect stories to other stories. So, for example, thinking about how The Crucible by Arthur Miller uh, is not only about the Salem Witch Trials, but is also about McCarthyism and the things that were going on in the world uh, when it was written, helps us understand the play and understand how it's relevant to us
1: today as well. The infamous Why This Play Now, which is a question that dramaturgs ask a lot.
2: The eternal question.
1: Why are we doing what we're doing?
2: A question I ask myself every minute of every day. So this podcast began uh, last summer when we there was a Twitter thread that got the three of us talking about tabletop role-playing games and theater and how tabletop role-playing games are just like theater. Uh, and one of us made a joke about how we should there should be a podcast about the connections between tabletop role-playing games and theater. And then we discovered that there were three of us who thought this. And we thought, well, that's enough people to start a podcast. Uh, so Low these may months later, here we are. In addition to being dramaturg, all of us have a lot of experience with tabletop role-playing games. Uh, we're really interested not only in the well-known Uh, tabletop RPGs, but also in kind of branching out to look at others, because in the same way that different plays operate by different rules and take place in different worlds, every tabletop role-playing game has its own rules that dictate not only how you play the game, but what sorts of stories are possible and what sort of worlds you can create within that game. So that's something that we're all very interested in. And then there's a lot of other similarities to theater in tabletop role playing games. You know, a lot of people like to kind of act out their characters. Uh, Certainly story structure is the sort of thing that playwrights and writers of tabletop role playing games adventure spend a lot of time thinking about
1: I think that plays and tabletop RPGs have a similar relationship to genre in terms of just our cultural understanding, our own inherent understanding of what it means to be in a fantasy world and what that world contains. And um, I think both are primed in the same way to play on our expectations as an audience, as, as consumers of these stories to teach us how to consume the content. And teach us how to receive uh, a certain story based on our understanding of, of sort of what genre it's in. So that is sort of another thing that I like about both mediums is sort of being able to play with pop culture and cultural knowledge, in our playing of the game or our creation of the play. Mm-hmm. I
0: also think something that's really interesting about like the theatricality of tabletop role playing games is, as players, we are both like player like player performer and audience at the same time, which is a very weird thing uh, coming from a more formal theater background where like clearly the people who are doing the show are over here and the people who are viewing the show are over there. Even in immersive theater, really, that just means that you are like, walking around the play as it's happening. In most instances, there's very little agency that's actually occurring in most immersive pieces, which totally another topic for another episode way later down the line. Um, But I'm really interested in how each player and even the game master um, sort of performs as both player and audience simultaneously. Mm
1: -hmm. But what I think is interesting about that too, though, is in recent years, especially with sort of like the elephant in the room when you talk about tabletop role-playing games, especially 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, which we will coincidentally talk about more later in this episode as well. Um, but ever since that game came out, uh, I think that edition was sort of engineered specifically to facilitate storytelling that is interesting to watch in addition to to playing. And there, we've seen this enormous surge of actual play D&D podcasts and actual play Twitch streams where you can watch groups of people play Dungeons and Dragons without actively participating at all. Um, and as a, a consumer of those podcasts and those Twitch streams, uh, I find that maybe not as engaging as actually playing, but engaging in a, in a different way. And I think it's interesting that this form has has evolved to accommodate um, sort of a passive viewing versus like an active participation, which is also something probably for another episode.
2: (laughs) There's an interesting book by a guy named Mark Barrowcliffe called The Elfish Gene. That's a memoir about him growing up with Dungeons and Dragons. It's it's an interesting memoir um, in its own right. But it is also, I think he says at one point in there, essentially, if Dungeons and Dragons weren't about elves and wizards and dragons and so on people would probably automatically think of it as a performing art. But there's something about, you know, the fact that it was about elves and wizards and dragons <laughs> that uh, kind of for a long time kept it out of the common understanding of what constitutes, quote, big scare quotes, performance
0: art.
1: <laughs> for sure. But then again, as a person who has been at many a d and table, Um, I can think very vividly of a moment in combat where one of my players characters, uh, her brother was killed in a in a fight. And the scene that took place afterwards where everybody was sort of not sure how to help her and she didn't quite know what to do was like as real and as moving as anything that I've ever seen on stage. Um, Mm -hmm. So there is, I think, real a real connection that we form to these stories, because in the end, sure, there are goblins, but also they are. Very human relatable stories. They're based in tropes that we understand and relate to and have related to for thousands of years.
0: Well, I think this might get us into another, like, for another episode segment. Yes. Um, but there's also something to be said about the way theater, specifically the American theater that we all work in, kind of like pushes genre as broadly defined, to the side in favor of realism, like anything with ghosts, goblins, witches, any of those things, is almost immediately um, seen as like a little too weird for theater, um, which is something I've been striving against for years and yet. But I wonder if that plays into part of the reasoning behind pushing D&D to the side as a performing art absolutely that brings us to our next section which is really like what is a tabletop role playing game so as people who are at the intersection of theater and tabletop we know a lot about this um but i imagine a number of our listeners are coming from either our tabletop backgrounds or our theater backgrounds and so this would be most useful for our mostly theater going but not quite tabletop playing um people
1: Our drama are nerds, if you will Our drama
0: nerds those ones Um, So what is a tabletop role playing game? Tabletop RPGs, or TTRPGs, are an evolution of strategy and war games that were popular in the 19th century. These games were originally designed to use fictional armies to play out battle strategies and had very formalized rules that would pit one player against another, typically in the form of countries, armies, navies, etc. Um, These uh, games underwent a major rebirth when Gary Gygax shifted the focus from armies to individual units with chainmail, which he co-authored with Jeff Perrin in 1971. Chainmail and other games like it were more interested in hero figures who could turn the tides of battle, and three short years later, Gary Gygax teamed up with Dave Arneson to pen Dungeons & Dragons in 1974. The game gained popularity because you could recreate these epic battles from Lord of the Rings and other fantasy settings, um, and eventually people began to pen their own epic quests where they could be the hero. Unlike previous war games, Dungeons & Dragons involved a good deal of chance, and so a referee of sorts was created to rule on conflicts. The Dungeon Master or Game Master serves as ally, foe, and rule enforcer to the players, which is an interesting thing that was developed for these new tabletop role-playing games. Uh, since the publication in the 70s of Dungeons & Dragons, it inspired this whole genre of games ranging from cyberpunk future epics to single-page games about bears on a hunt for honey. But what sets tabletop role-playing games apart from, say, Risk or Clue or the other things that you're used to playing on top of your table uh, is primarily you have players who are characters who can make choices that have real stakes and affect the game that they're playing in. Um, Each system affords different rules that allow for different types of stories to be told. And what we're really digging into in this podcast is how those rules affect the different stories and encourage different stories um, to be
1: told. Yeah, I think sort of the big thing that distinguishes tabletop role playing games from like board games or or any other sort of activity like that that you could think of, um, is that they're collaborative in nature, that like you are working together towards towards a common goal, and there isn't necessarily a win condition. One person doesn't win at the end. Um, you know, you all arrive at some kind of conclusion together, or uh, people stop wanting to commit to a weekly gathering, uh, and the group falls apart. But hopefully, the former, but yeah, I think that is sort of the big defining feature of these games is that it is a game in which no one person has all the pieces and nobody is trying to to win. Um, you're all just sort of existing together and and doing a thing together with no predetermined outcome or, or end condition.
2: Another thing that makes tabletop role-playing games, I think, so unique and so great for telling stories is their open-endedness. You know, there's not you may have a goal like, we're going to explore this tower. Okay, we explored the tower. Great, we did it. <laughs> but there isn't um, a like, set beginning state and end state the way there is for, say, a normal board game. Tabletop role-playing games, as they're published, you know, in some ways aren't even quote-unquote games so much as they are rules for playing games and playing stories. And once you get familiar with those rules, you can use them to tell all sorts of different kinds of stories.
1: Yeah, in particular, even if you were to pick up a pre-written adventure for for any game, very often in the rules, it'll say, you can change this to fit whatever you need. You can change the monsters. Uh, you can change the encounters. You can change the difficulty. You can do whatever, whatever you want to suit the people that you're playing with, because that's ultimately, I think, what it's about. Um, you're prioritizing the players and their experience over the even the story that you're telling it is really about doing doing something that is enjoyed by by all because it is a game you know ultimately you want you want to enjoy enjoy doing it much in the same way that we all go to the theater hoping to enjoy our experience and and see something that we that we like
0: So each season we'll be exploring three different rule sets of different tabletop role-playing games and exploring what are the things that they favor, what are the stories that they foster, and how do their mechanics work. This season we'll be diving into Dungeons & Dragons, Apocalypse World, and Paranoia. And then we'll alternate every other episode between actual play of the arc that we're in and then commentary, a kind of peek behind the curtains, talking about the mechanics, the storytelling, interviewing the playwrights that we're working with. We have three wonderful playwrights working on each of these different scenarios um, for these games, which I'm really excited about. And so each episode will alternate between actual play and commentary.
1: We have recruited an incredible cast, not only of those three playwrights who are writing each game, but also our, our wonderful friends who are actors and dramaturgs and directors and designers who are playing these games for you all. We will all join together and have many, many very nerdy conversations about the stories that we're telling and the way that we are telling them.
2: If you haven't had a lot of experience with tabletop role playing games before, don't worry. We're bringing a lot of different people together who have different levels of experience to play these games, so we'll all be exploring these different systems together.
1: In the uh, in the interest of setting everybody up for success as we move into our first episode of actual play, which is currently out, I thought it might be nice to sort of dive into what exactly is Dungeons and Dragons and how how do you play? What are the details that you need to follow along with an actual play podcast such as this one? So Dungeons and Dragons is a game in which the players and the dungeon master collaborate at the table to tell a story together, usually in a fantasy universe containing dungeons and or dragons. Uh, No spoilers. This adventure contains one of them. (laughs) (laughs) we are playing fifth edition dungeons and dragons which was released in 2014 and prompted a very sudden resurgence in the game's popularity both within groups of friends and on the internet in podcasts and twitch streams equal parts referee narrator villain and ally to the players the dungeon master is responsible for playing the rest of the world and how it responds to the actions of the party they design monsters and obstacles for the players to encounter, give the players information about the world, and role play as everyone that the party meets along their journey. Every player controls one individual character, part of a larger adventuring party comprised of everyone who is playing the game together. They each have a unique set of abilities and specialties that may prove useful in the adventures to come. They could be a powerful wizard, a mighty paladin, a crafty cunning rogue, basically anything they want to be. In Dungeons & Dragons... We simulate the randomness of everyday life by rolling a 20-sided die to determine the outcome of any action we want to take. If you are particularly good or particularly bad at something like sneaking around or swinging a sword, you add a bonus to your roll that corresponds to how good or bad you are at that skill. This is sort of the core mechanic of Dungeons & Dragons. We will resolve almost any action by asking someone to roll a d20. When a player wants to do something, perhaps checking a chest for traps or performing a song for people in the local tavern, the dungeon master will ask them to roll a die to decide whether their action was a success or a failure based on how difficult it is to do. Picking a complicated lock in a high-security prison will probably be pretty hard, while noticing a gold piece on the ground will probably be a bit easier. This system also applies to combat, with a couple more mechanics at play. When players get in a fight, time slows down to six second rounds in which everyone, including the enemy, gets a turn. We decide what order to go in by rolling for initiative and proceed from the highest score to the lowest score. If someone wants to attack you, they roll and compare it against your armor class, a score calculated by the armor you're wearing and how good you might be at dodging. If their roll beats your armor class, they roll damage that gets subtracted from your hit points. Rinse and repeat until someone is victorious. In the d20 system, there are opportunities for critical successes and critical failures. If you roll a 20 on the die, you automatically succeed at whatever you are trying to do. If you're rolling to make an attack against someone, you even get to do extra damage. If you roll a 1, that is a critical failure and you automatically fail at whatever you're attempting, sometimes with an extra consequence added on. There are, of course, hundreds of pages of mechanics in Dungeons & Dragons, but for the purposes of keeping up as we dive into our first adventure, you now have everything you need.
2: The first episode of our first campaign is out right now, so you can go and listen to it this very instant. And we'll be releasing new episodes, alternating commentary and actual play weekly.
1: Come check us out on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, and we hope to see you again soon.
0: Be sure to like, favorite, comment, and subscribe. Follow us on DN Drama Nerds on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and probably on. In- iTunes I don't know stuff we're going to figure it out we're making a podcast <laughs> great <laughs> cut print amazing cut there yep. <laughs> cut print yeah. no, no edits needed <laughs> <laughs> Dungeons and Drama Nerds is produced by Todd Brian Backus, Percy Hornack and Nick Orbis and is mixed and edited by Anthony Serteldine find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at D-N-Drama Nerds. Check out our cast bios on our website, DungeonsAndDramaNerds.com, and tune in next week for another episode of Dungeons & Drama Nerds.